0: Welcome to The Extra Podcast. This is episode number 268. I am your host for this episode. My name's Greg. Joining me around our squ- rectangle table, our squ- square. Our square Squectangle squ- is Pastor Jeff. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> and joining me to my immediate left and your right is Andy Steiger, one of our pastors.
1: Steiger the Tiger, I'm here. You know, guys, it has been a long time since I've been here. I think it's been kind of a long
2: time since I I was here, except
1: for last week. Yeah, it's been a long week, time but that you've been to here, that, too. Prior to that. Yeah. Do you know that Jonathan... I just Geist want to erect... apologize to everybody who's been missing me. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. All of you out there who've been <laughs> pining po- for a little, one l- of you. a little more Andy my Steiger. My wife. <laughs>
2: does your wife listen to the podcast? I'm she not, does. She I'm does. not sure she's been pining for more Andy Steiger, though. Well. She gets plenty. <laughs> does Jeannie listen to the podcast? No. Yeah, my wife Sorry, I either. laughed out loud. No, she does not. No, my no. Wife. Sarah doesn't either. She's like. She's not. So, so my wife is it. the only one that. Less, you know. Know. Less of your talking, Jeff, it'd probably be better <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Hey, by the way, the numbers that we have on these podcasts, it's feeling like UFC now, isn't it? <laughs> have you noticed? Yeah. UFC 137. I how do you talk? How 202. Do you, well, how do you talk about UFC like as a great memories? Oh, remember back at UFC 79. Oh, that was a good one. It's like Super Bowl. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I prefer
1: UFC 82. <laughs>
2: what? And
0: no. not all of them are big, big. Deals? No,
1: no. Hey, I heard they, they they sold. Did you hear that? UFC? Yeah. Uh, I, I probably know. could be wrong. I made a, no, I, I think, might have just made that up. I think you might be right. I, I think, think I... they're for sale. Or maybe it's that they're for sale. But I don't know. Who'd, I'm not a big UFC guy. Who's gonna buy? Who's gonna buy?
0: Andy, are you wearing a tap out shirt? Uh, MMA. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Is that a
0: sleeveless tap out no, shirt actually, you have
1: on? I'm wearing a Patagonia shirt. It is a fish holding a trident. As. You, as they do. What's Patagonia? Patagonia is... That a, hurts to hear you
2: say yeah, that. Yeah, it hurts me too for you to say that. <laughs> okay, well, well what I guess it? Well, I don't if, want to hurt
0: your feelings, but I'm just asking a question this for might be a different.
2: Who, this might be a difference between being from the northwestern part of the United States and being from the lower mainland. See, in the northwestern part of the United States, companies like Columbia, Marmot, Patagonia, they're all very Mountain well hardware. known they're all mount they're they're like north face they they're, they're yeah. all very well known as like REI type outdoors equipment so patagonia oh. to translate oh. that it's
0: outdoorsy type stuff they
2: they used to sell but the patagonia coat was the outdoor like in oh, the yeah. 80s and 90s it was the outdoor coat you could own like it yeah. was the, and there was a, sp- a specific one that
1: you would buy oh and uh, it was fantastic i remember i came up here and i found Mech that's that's rei it's equivalent
2: you know what mec is greg it's yes. an outdoor store yes, I've heard of for that. people who like to go outside
1: <laughs> See, and do things i think
0: if my wife did listen to this podcast i would have just broke her heart by my question because she's
1: real outdoorsy i'm oh, and not so much now when i came up to canada though there is a specific kind of outdoor gear that does not exist uh anywhere else uh it's called like it starts with a t tango or t um, no, no, no. Oh, Arcteryx yep. is fantastic. You like that one? They invented, by the way, the waterproof the zipper. So. The what? The, the waterproof zipper. Oh. Yeah. The whole outdoors. That's stuff But I can't remember what the, the brand is. Somebody out there, some listener knows what I'm talking about. I should look if it up. If you
0: know the answer to Andy's question of what's that company that starts with T, can you email extra at northu.org <laughs> and we'll give you a free copy of his book. <laughs> did can, you can always do that you're always giving away free copies of my book <laughs> Andy, and people take you up on
1: that man Andy, we have
2: a stack of them okay buddy <laughs> i'll give them my copy
0: it's signed but to me <laughs> <laughs> i have it on kindle too no so I, I, is it on kindle
1: it is your it's book is o- on kindle. it's an it audio book too now it is an audiobook. what eric budding read it no. aloud wow into an audiobook. Fantastic, by the way. You should really get a hold of it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> now it's gonna kill me, this company. Like Don't worry about it. I can't uh, it just a search with a T outdoor company. All right, Whatever. We should move on. Hey, we have some
0: really great questions here. We're gonna talk about uh, first question is I'm actually gonna we don't do this often, but I'm gonna read the email to provide the context for the question. Um So the listener writes in and says, it often comes up in conversation with friends of mine who work in customer service to do with experiences that they have with people from Northview. They know that the people are from Northview because they overhear it in conversation. But they often have awful experiences with people from Northview being rude or thinking they're ahead above the rest or something like that. He says, I I too have experienced this from people at Northview in my service job, but when a situation like this arises, how should the people handle it? both hearing about the experience from a trusted friend or if you actually witness it in person. So if you are a part of Northview and you are witnessing or you hear about it from a trusted friend that other people from Northview were, were really awful to you in your customer service job or you yourself are receiving it, how ought they respond, Pastor Jeff?
2: Um, first, I, I do want to de- <coughs> oh, want to suggest... Um, as a, well, first, I mean I was a farmer I used to wait tables, and so I totally get what what's being said here i I do want to raise a couple of just little yellow flags though first of all, I don't I don't Northview is a big church in Abbotsford, and it's somewhat known. so i don't I don't want it to be thought that only people from Northview are are unkind. Some, only some people from Northview are unkind to people in customer service positions, okay? I just think that people end up in customer service positions notice it more mm-hmm. because Northview's known. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was a smaller church or if it was somebody who doesn't go to church at all, it's like it's just not recognized. i have I'm I'm been part of like community activities, baseball and other sports, volleyball or whatever, and I've noticed how people in those sports hold uh, me as a pastor, but also people from who I know from our church, who are part of those teams or things like that, they the other people hold them to a standard that's sometimes very unrealistic, right? And so, I'm, but I'm not saying that that the person hasn't experienced person who's emailed in hasn't experienced genuine meanness from people. I'm just saying that just let, let's not be too broad brushy with the way that we talk about uh, Northview and hey, it's just people from Northview who suck. With all that said, <clears throat> I got to tell you. I used to, when I was a young adults pastor here, and Andy's here, he's the young adults, young adults pastor now at Northview, I would meet regularly with young adults who would tell me, yeah, I wait tables, or I work at the retail shop, or whatever. And they would tell me funny stories, like funny, sad stories about the way that Christian people on Sundays, for example, would tip horribly, and, or would act in just unconscionable ways at their... Up their store demanding things that were just you know un- unrealistic or just they weren't kind and I know what it's like you know you spend you spend your money on a thing and you feel like you're not receiving you know something back for it that that is you know commensurate with what you spent so you get frustrated but you know especially as a pastor around town i've really tried to I've really tried to go out of my way to just be like you know I'm not like I I, I need to honor the people who I'm dealing with mm. more than I do, you know. Which has led—I I know other pastors in town who don't actually buy anything in the town because, for fear that if it goes wrong, <laughs> right, that you know they buy stuff in Langley because because they're like, if if it goes wrong, I, I need to have some sort of recourse, right? Some some
1: ability to be able to. Mm. That is a challenge, though. As a as a pastor, though, in the community, I remember the other day I was standing in line. And the customer service was just horrible where I was at, and and I probably I have one of those naturally like I'm not happy faces, which is challenging in the best of times. I see it a lot. Uh, on you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. appreciate that, Greg. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, you know, I come to the front of the line, and there's like, oh, hi, Pastor Andy. Yeah, totally. And, you know, oh, the whole time um, I'm just irritated, right? And then you change that frown. Oh, hey. Like hey. Uh, so good to see you. Exactly.
2: Hey, you stink at your job, yeah. but Jesus loves you. <laughs> So, it can uh, be a challenge, though, can't it? Oh, very much so. Okay, but it also, on the flip side, so on, on the point that's being made yeah. here. Like, my advice is: first of all, if you if you call yourself a Christian, period, you, you really we need to seriously think about how we conduct ourselves in the public square, hmm. with the language, the way that we speak, that sort of thing. It doesn't mean that we're all going to be perfect. It also doesn't mean that you need to be a, a complete, you know, doormat when it comes to things that are. You know, legally, legally mm. yours by right, or you know that you you need to not ask Telus or Shaw to give you a better deal because right. they're not giving you a good deal, or because they keep cutting out your service, or <clears throat> expecting to have somebody deliver the food to your table in a reasonable time. It's it's just how do you how do you act when that happens? There are ways to do that with kindness. There are ways to say, hey, I know this is probably not. Your, it's not your fault or anything like that, but I didn't order this particular meal. Mm. So is there a way for for me to get the one that I did order? Like you can ask that and most people are okay. I will say one thing. I make a standard rule to tip high in Abbotsford all the time because most uh, most of the times I go to the restaurants, people do know who I am, when I, especially because of a lot of the younger people. And I, 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 I would like to see more Christians be... Generous. More generous when yeah. it comes to the service. Gentle and generous. You don't have to go listen, you don't have to go to a place where tipping is is the custom. You don't. There are places that you can go in our town. Like Tim Horton. Yeah. There well, I mean you might think, Wendy's, well, I don't want to McDonald's. But there are lots of places, not just English. those places, like Pita Pit and also there's all sorts of other places mm-hmm. that you could go. But you make a choice when you go to a sit down restaurant that part of the experience is that you're going to be Served by somebody, and whether they're really good at it or really bad at it, part of the expectation is that you're going to probably, at the very least, tip them close to fifteen percent. And if they're good at it, you're going to go twenty to twenty-five. That's what you have to go in knowing. You've done
1: twenty-five. Yeah, I haven't like, gone there yet. My point is, it's a new horizon.
2: Well, for me, I just I've done the twenty. I just want to make sure that pe- people understand that the expectation, even if somebody's not doing their job very well, the expectation they have is that fifteen percent is like the base level. So, so if you, if you don't want to offend them, you might think, well, they're so entitled and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fine. But that's just the way it is among, especially young people who are serving in these industries and don't make very much money as it is. They don't have massive amounts of income. So if you don't want to do that, don't go to Mm. red Robin. Mm. You, You don't have to go there. You can go to another burger place that where they don't tip in a fat burger. They don't, you don't tip. Fat tip. Thank right. you. Subway doesn't tip. If you guys
0: know how to tip there, they actually say thank you from the line. Oh, wow.
2: If you give a tip, but they yell out, tip. They're like, thank you. It's not expected. No. Necessarily.
1: You can do it if you like, but it's not It's not part of the expectation. Mm-hmm. Can, on a different note, can I just say something on a different note? On, now, maybe this isn't what the the... You know, listener was talking about it all, but what about this—the negativity—that you know? Do you guys ever see that? Where I—I I know as a pastor, that I think pastors have the biggest challenge with going to church and not leaving church, being negative. You ever had that where you, it's difficult to go and to hear a sermon and just allow God to speak to you mm. in that sermon and not not be, you know, negative to to the message of God or because you're, you're looking at the vessel that it's came from, right? right? Like how was it delivered? Um, you know, I wasn't sure if that was maybe what the list, listener was getting out, just the con- conversation, the way people behave, you know, what they're talking about at the,
0: I think the question was, how would we advise customer service workers to engage with poor behavior from people who they know, because they've overheard it, are from Northview, oh, if they are behavior. also from Northview.
2: So my short answer to that, though, is charitably, <clears throat> in the same way that I think that the people who are dealing with customer service workers who are not doing their job as well as they would like them to, should deal with those people charitably. I think, I think, that, the, I think that one of the marks of Christian people in the public square should be charity, and by charity, I don't mean like giving away money. I mean charity in the terms of grace, that there are, there is always another factor in someone else's case about which you know nothing. Sometimes the reason you're receiving poor service at the shop is because that person's had a really horrible day. So it's better to assume that, even if it's not true. My wife is wonderful at this. It's better to assume that and go your merry way and just assume, you know what, they're probably not what... they're it's that's better than trying to come up with some conjectural law. They hate me and they're being a jerk or whatever. There's always another. All factor. Christians are jerks. or There's whatever. There's always another factor. And flip side, sometimes the person who is who is you think is being unkind to you in the you know the, in the customer service industry. So you're you're working as a waiter or whatever, and the person who's sitting at the table who's not being all that kind. Yeah, sometimes they're mean and they need to do 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 better. But you should also recognize that maybe they're not having the greatest of day. Maybe they came out to dinner because everything else is going haywire. And I know that's a hard position for you to be in. I get that. It's it's difficult. But that's one of the challenges of the service industry is you're dealing with people all the time and people are difficult to deal with.
1: Well, don't you think too a lot of people have this idea that, okay, if they went to church they must have it all together and look, they don't and they're jerks. It's like, I get this at church. People are like, I am not, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to go to church to too many messed up people there. And you're like, Right, you know, and you're one of those messed up people. Right, uh, but but a lot of people have this idea that okay, everybody who goes to church must have their lives all together.
2: Right, I think I think the challenge though is that there should you know for somebody who professes faith in Christ there pro- there should be some sort of marked difference in the way that mm-hmm. and the kind of charity they're going to show. And these but just because they things. go to church doesn't mean that they Agreed. have absolutely given their lives of christ no that's right they might just go because they're trying to meet up to some sort of standard in their own minds about how much good stuff they need to go- do to offset the bad stuff they do you know they treat mm-hmm. church like a karmic debt yep so yeah i yeah so again my advice is 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 charity mm-hmm. wouldn't it be lovely if our if our world was more charitable in terms of the way that we drive and it says the guy who gets frustrated when he drives right i mean
1: totally i put it into do two G, two g's gentleness and generous yeah there you go did Love you it. did you come up with that yourself gg
2: that is you should preach on that stuff i want to be a gg christian you should write a book about that <laughs> i'm already midway through it, Jeff. really <laughs> no don't. it's a, it's, a pamph- it's a pamphlet it's a pamphlet i've noticed that you haven't tweeted about it can I go on a rant for a second And he's not a big tweeter. Tweeting? I don't tweet. Sure.
0: Jeff, I have a question for you. Yeah. How do you feel about some pastors who tweet?
1: Here it comes. Okay. Just you, about to You explode. all need to know
0: that he's just turned a different color in his face. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's
2: listen, matching the red listen, on listen, his shirt. Listen, listen. I, I, I'm on Twitter a little bit.
0: At Jeffy Buck.
2: 604. 604. Yeah.
0: So here's the thing. Does he have a Twitter account? I he just did. But I
2: needed to have a Twitter account in order to follow the news on Twitter. Do people follow you on Twitter? Which is the goal. He has 72 followers. Very few people follow me on Twitter. You need to change
0: your profile picture from the red egg to an actual picture of you.
2: The fact that I have the red egg should show you how much validity I give Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even really like it as a news feed service, okay? But here's what I really don't like, and part of the reason why I don't post very much is that I just think so many of the pastors, I follow other pastors in our area and other other places, they sound so self-important whenever they're posting stuff, as if they're they come up with this really pithy saying and it's the most important, valuable, pithy thing I've ever heard. You know, honestly, it feels like Confucius every time they write (laughs) something down. And I'm like, why are you, stop it, and everything that they're doing and they're, I'm writing a book, I walking down the street I had this many people come up to my
1: house you know how many people are following it just go stop it already our culture is narcissism to the extreme man and anyway social media that's really my perpetuates that
2: I just would like them to stop for a little bit and just realize how that comes off to most people or maybe it just comes off to me
1: they should stop because <laughs> stop because, because you're upsetting me. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> I you should probably a, tweet about I this, I have this Jeff. really
2: crazy, like way too sensitive radar for, for that kind of thing. And I think it's because deep in my heart, I know how, I know how prideful I can be. So I have this good pride sniffer. And so when I see it in others, I'm like, oh, fight that. Stop it. Stop making it about you. Stop making these things like like the words that you speak are so important and valuable. Stop it. You know?
1: I got to ask a question here. This is something, Jeff, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And it's, I need an answer, buddy. Why don't you have a Facebook account? Because I, I
2: used to have a Facebook account and uh, I had friends from New Zealand who would post inappropriate things on there because they think that's funny. So, oh, let, let's, let's give the pastor or some something, you know? Let's put it on his wall. <laughs> like, I they were putting some really bad things on my wall as a joke for... Because that's... Anyway, so I stopped with the Facebook, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm really, I'm really thankful that I don't have a Facebook account. The one I do like is Instagram, which I don't have an account, but I've, my son has an Instagram account, so I, I, I like it because I like pictures. I like to look at the pictures. Jeff does Snapchat, though, so if you want to follow not, him on Snapchat, you can do it. Uh... Na- I do none of it, although I'm thinking about the Instagram. <laughs> mm, and, you know, my son my son told me the other day, he said, I said, listen, if I get on Instagram, I'm going to pass up your the follower level that you've got, like, in a week. Nice. He's like, no way, no way. And I was like, dude, this would be so easy. It's called so, the podcast. So I'm thinking, seriously, I'm thinking, I'm going to get on Instagram and just make it known that, I, that, I'm, on, that I'm on Instagram. Let's and I'm make gonna, Instagram all about And Jeff. I'm going to post pictures of all sorts of stuff. But the only reason I want to have followers is so that I can just make my son eat his words. Nice.
1: Hey, listen, if you post a picture of your hairy chest, I will follow he you. He thinks
2: I'm a Luddite. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Luddite is a term that we use to talk about people who don't like um, technological advancement. So my Uh. kids think I'm a total Luddite when it comes to this, and they're always shocked. Wait a minute. You know what Snapchat is? What? What? (laughs) I thought you were a caveman living under that rock over there. (laughs) Mm. But I know. But I always know.
0: Just go to settings, (laughs) change profile picture, and don't make don't let the egg continue.
2: Do you think that that's the thing that's barring all the all the followers? No.
0: No, no. That's not <coughs> what's barring it. What's barring it is your your lack of use of it.
2: <laughs> and the lack of con- the lack of interesting content. Although from-
0: <laughs> I need to, I, credit where credits due. This past week you've quadrupled your Twitter
2: output. I went
1: from 0 to 4. That's right. Oh, you tweeted? I did. I tweeted
2: did. I was in the at the Mariners game last night. And I tweeted that I was at the Mariners game my hometown of Seattle. And nice. I'm,
0: I'm glad that a picture of my son and I are a quarter of your tweets. Uh
2: huh. Yeah, that's right. Greg and his. Oh, were boy. you there, Greg?
0: Yeah, yeah. At the Pastor Elder Retreat, he was
2: snapping pics. Twe- Dude, I was tweeting oh. all over the place. That's, that's I was tweeting nice. everywhere. You're Andy, t- I might tweet this moment right now. <laughs> <He> might. <laughs> if you might. If you're not careful, you might. Uh, you probably should. Find you should tweet it and say,
0: here I am talking about Twitter. And I'm posting it on Twitter. Graham Nichols rubbing off on you, buddy. So in, in twenty minutes when Jeff has figured out how to do this, we'll give an update that he's hey, you guys
1: you guys talk and I'll I'll get okay, back we'll, to you in a minute. We'll... <laughs> Dude, I didn't even smile in that picture, man. Don't be tweeting that. I need to get my good side. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I also should point out that Andy, I I witnessed at the Pastor Elder retreat, you sitting on a bench doing a duck face selfie.
1: I did do that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember why though. Do you know why? Sometimes I just take selfies of myself. Really? No, are you asking me a legit? Like I don't know why I did that. No, I face don't. I don't know. Selfie. All right. There was a reason, though. Okay. I lost my T-shirt, by the way, at the elders' retreat what? as well. Yeah. If anybody you, finds that, I'd appreciate getting that back. Because you
0: ripped it off and didn't know where you left it. Yeah. I can't say losing T-shirts at Pastor Elder retreats or something I've had happen in my life.
2: Yeah. Usually, mine's on my back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. Moving on. Hey, here's a question about Harry Potter. Just so you know, I just tweeted that.
0: Did you, <laughs> Jeff? This is awesome. Go um, follow Jeff on Twitter. Here's a question. Uh, in one of the Harry Potter books, it talks about instructing the students in divination. And so the question is: Is it a bad idea for Christians to read the Harry Potter books because of the divination and witchcraft therein? I added the therein.
2: So can I, can I say that uh, if we are going to get to the point where we are going to avoid every objectionable thing culturally, right? If we're going to avoid every objectionable thing culturally in what we watch or see or whatever, we are not going to watch or see anything.
1: Stop reading C.S. Lewis. Like, I'm
2: just telling you that, you, that the, you're not. I, no I more totally, I totally agree that I don't, I don't think divination is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Witchcraft? I don't think witchcraft is a good thing either. Okay. I don't think the use of any kind of, of those sorts of things are things that I would advise. There are also lots of things in movies, other movies, and that I wouldn't advise either. I wouldn't advise driving your car I watched the Jason Bourne movie recently. Mm-hmm. Eh, it was alright. Really? But mm. it like I wouldn't advise driving your car through Las Vegas and trying to flip it over on the top of a SWAT vehicle or at the end of that time trying to strangle someone to death. I wouldn't I wouldn't advise this. I I think it's sin. So, I'm, what, I did, what I'm advocating, I think, is it, it is a legitimate position for people to abstain from certain cultural activities. Mm. I, I think that's a legitimate, godly position that needs to be decided upon by you individually and maybe within your little community <laughs> of friends and others. That we're not going to do this. But... If others choose, if the thing itself is not sin, right? Like going to a strip club. like if, if Can you explain that one? Well, you, uh, yeah. You, <laughs> what I'm saying is that there are some activities that we would all agree are not oh, okay. appropriate, right? Like yeah. going to a strip club is gotcha. by definition something that by participating in it, <laughs> you're, you're going to be sinning. Yes. Mm. But there are things that are not necessarily, like going to a movie, which is not necessarily going to be sinning. By going to it. There is a way to watch, I said this this weekend in my sermon, there's a way to watch a movie that is as a sieve and not a sponge. You can, you can be critically evaluative of what you're seeing. To a degree. Understand what the director is saying, Read, it, filter it through a grid of biblical discernment, and actually uh, engage, in the truest sense of that word, with the culture in such a way that you don't sell your, you don't give away your faith or your convictions or these sorts of things. There, there are. Can I just s-
1: make a comment in there? Yeah. How, however, we would say, say a movie, right? There's clearly going to be lines. Like, is this a rated R movie or is this a pornographic movie right. or or whatever that right? Might there be. are some things that you're
2: going to be by watching them. Y- you are going to be led right straight into sin because you're going to be. Right, so uh, here's here's the thing, though. I mean, and this might sound very very um, controversial to you. There's there's there is nudity in Schindler's List. Okay, I got to tell you, I think Schindler's List is one of the most important films that has come out of Hollywood in the last thirty years. And I I, I recommend people who are of age to watch the film. the The reason is that the nudity in Schindler's List is not the kind of nudity that you find of a sexual nature. Do, mm-hmm. do you understand what I mean? So yep. so just saying, so it's going to be rated R because there's nudity, but there's a different kind of nudity in Schindler's List than there is in some, you know, American Pie or whatever, which is a movie I have not seen. But I, I know it's, I know it's, you know, culturally it's had that, you know, there are a lot of raunchy films and stuff that are utilizing nudity in a way that's not helpful. There are ways... To engage, though, even when those films, I, I wouldn't recommend going to the raunchy things because at some point you need, to, you need to stop and think to yourself, is this ultimately going to be beneficial to me? Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be able to go to some of those movies and be able to filter out what they're seeing and be able to do it uh, in, in a culturally evaluative way. I don't recommend it. Um, to some of those, I think you need to have at least some grid. But the, I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to start creating a law for everyone saying, uh, this one's good, this one's bad, this one's good, this one's bad. Even though I think we would largely agree that there are some films that you just shouldn't... I, I don't see any reason why you'd go to Saw 5. Right. Right? But even even with that said, I, I still don't want to make some legalistic law mm-hmm. about it and say that you're more spiritual if you do this as opposed to that when it, we are in a Christian freedom
1: sort of issue here. Right? Right. Mm. Where, where you, and that's the other problem too, though, that I see. A lot of people want to be told, you know, you can do this, you can't do this. Right, we want a law. Yeah, we want a law, and it's a whole lot more difficult to go. Okay, I'm a thoughtful Christian that loves Jesus, and God help me as I navigate my way through this culture with you. Right, and it's
2: not just listen. It's not just about movies and uh, and books and stuff like that. It really isn't. Yeah, let I'll I'll add one of the more difficult ones navigate these days is should I buy that thing or not? Mm-hmm. So, in a world where there are millions of people uh, starving and uh, there are billions of unevangelized people in the world, and we have a lack of money to send missionaries to these places, should you go out and buy a new car? Well, that sounds really hard question to answer, but I am going to say, actually, yeah, you you could. Like, there is this tension that we, that we live in with where the lord has given us what he's given us so that we might enjoy life and, and 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 appreciate the things right like my kids are involved in baseball and volleyball and basketball should these kids be involved in baseball volleyball and basketball when there are people Syrian refugees who are dying so, i mean how can you enjoy sports mm-hmm. <laughs> while that's going on and i'm saying well so everything matters Right, All of the sports, all of, everything matters because we live in a world that's created by God ultimately for our good and we are created physical beings who are in, engaging in all these things. It's not, nothing wrong with enjoying driving a car or hitting a good golf club or watching your kids play sports or whatever. Mm. There's nothing wrong, not only nothing wrong, there's everything right about that. It's just that some things matter more. It's everything matters, but some things matter more. And some the, the Syrian refugee crisis matters more. Right? The un billions matter more. So I should engage happily and joyfully with my kids and all that sort of stuff, while at the same time realizing that there are some things that matter more. That if push comes to shove and I have to spend my money on something, and I have a limited amount of money, I'm, I'm, I want to
1: guarantee that I'm making room for the, the more important things. Hey, Jeff, you, wouldn't you also say, going back to where we started on this, that in some ways we are overprotective of what we what we watch or in this case what we read. And what I'm getting what I mean by that is, listen on the standards that was just posted in the email. There's certain passages in the Bible you shouldn't let your kids read.
2: Yeah, but we'd say about those passages of the Bible. So Saul goes to the, you know witch of Endor, right? Um, we would or Gideon puts out a fleece. We would go to these passages and say, well, the scriptures aren't endorsing those things. And the question, the question is, well, is Harry Potter endorsing those things? Yeah, probably. Harry Potter stuff is endorsing those things, saying this is, this is good and can provide a really good thing. I, again... I just think that the approach that we need to take is uh, is civ-like. It's critically evaluative of those sorts of things and saying, okay, yeah, I understand. I'm engaging with a secular culture that has a completely different worldview, but use this as an opportunity to clarify the biblical worldview over and against the one they're presenting.
1: Well, I mean, that's interesting, though, because there's a lot of people that will read the Bible and they'll see, oh, man, there's these different terrible things that happen. And it's like, yeah, those things do take place, and that is the kind of world that we actually do live in. But I agree with you. It's not the Bible, like the Bible saying, "Listen, you should go do likewise." It's saying, "No, this is the kind of culture that you live in." The problem is, I, I often see, is that a lot of people Jeff have a difficult time doing exactly what you are saying, thinking critically, not just of you know the culture and law, but even the way that they read the Bible. Is the, is the Bible actually saying that you should do you know what the Israelites did in that situation or what those other people? Well, no, it's asking you to read the Bible critically. Right. But we obviously need to to um, implement the same strategy when we're reading other stuff as well. Well, we want to understand what the author's intending
2: when we're reading the Bible, and the author's not always intending by describing polygamy, the author's not always intending an endorsement of polygamy. Right. In fact, never is intending. There's a reason why polygamy always ends badly in the Bible, mm-hmm. because the authors are trying to say, yeah, this is the way it is, but it's sort of dumb. Right? Right. So we need to understand the way the scriptures are presenting. Same thing with slavery in the scriptures. Slavery's never, never commended. It's never commended. Right. It always leads bad places. It's always a mess. It's ridiculous. It's not what God intended in his world. Just because the Bible describes how people should live underneath it doesn't mean the Bible's endorsing slavery. The Bible also t- describes how persecution, it doesn't endorse persecution, but describes how one ought to live underneath it.
1: But I think about even other areas, say, um, Huck Finn, for example. Mm. Where there's certain schools, well, not letting you read Huck Finn, right? Because there's the N-word in there. Because in the,
2: on the surface of it, they're, try, they're dealing with the words, just, just words and the, and the feelings people have when they read those words. What I'm trying to ask us to do as Christians is to go a level be, beneath that and trying to say, okay, so how are the authors using those words in those contexts? What are they trying to communicate? And are those things that they're trying to communicate good, true, and beautiful on a, using a biblical framework? Mm-hmm. And the answer might be no. Okay, does that mean that you should avoid that thing altogether? Mm-hmm. No, it probably means that you should expose that thing and say, you know, this is not, this is not great. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote my doctoral dissertation, one of the things that I pointed out in it was that uh, when The Truman Show, you guys remember that movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. The Truman caring. Show came out uh, years and years ago. It was highly, highly recommended by Plugged In Online and a number of others as being a really great family film. For Christians, oh, great family film, highly recommend it. Okay, did you know the Truman Show is about how you gotta you should get rid of God?
1: Yeah, the whole thing's a mockery of of religion. Right. So you,
2: the the story is about a guy named Christoph, who is the god of this little world, who in which true man uh, dwells, and at the end, a Truman true man sails across the seas to, to try to get away from Christoph, who ends up speaking to him from on high. And saying to him, don't you know I've always loved you and taken care of you and done all these things for you? And Truman says, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And the entire world cheers because it's a good thing when we reject the Christoph in our life, when we reject the governance of another over us. We should be free, autonomous beings who don't have to answer to anyone and who should love who we want to love. Does this sound like a Christian movie? No, nope. no. There's even Christian themes in it that they they make sure that you know that they're talking about this. So this movie I have, which I have not seen, and I do not recommend at all. There's a movie out right now called Sausage Party that's essentially a mockery of the Christian God, and and the Christian worldview, and and it's it's an attempt to try to say we don't really need. It's just like Ricky Rich Gervais,
1: the invention of lying. Well, it makes me think of also that new movie that came out called. Uh... Me before you. Right. But people won't go to
2: the the people won't go to the sausage party because they'll say, Oh, it's a raucous, gross thing. That's actually been just dis- it's it's actually been the veggie tails was the reason they did it. They did it this way about food because they were trying to mock veggie tales, right? So some people people won't go to see it. And I don't recommend that you should go see it. But there is a point being made in the film that I do think that is it, they're wrong about, but I, there is a way to engage that if somebody has the freedom and ability to to, to watch a film like that without absorbing, you know, any sponge-like absorbing mm-hmm. the stuff but is able to be critically evaluated of it. Of it. They, and this is what good Peter Chataway, some other guys on Christianity Today who do do film reviews, this is what they do. They go and watch a movie that other people might not see and say, okay, so here's, here's where this actually is a movie that's embracing biblical ideas. No Country for Old Men, quite honestly, is a, is a somewhat Christian-themed film, <laughs> or at least it's challenging naturalism on levels that a lot of movies don't. Mm-hmm. And yet if you watch a movie uh, that is pr- put out like b- by some of the Christian uh, publishing houses and stuff, I watched Woodlawn the other day, it's very heavy-handed and has a single message, which is we're going to try to get the gospel presented as much as we can, as often as we can in this film. When there are other films that, like uh, I Am Legend, for example, right. which actually is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you wonder how, you should talk to me about that. You should write an email question about how I Am Legend is about the gospel. And Will Smith, right, in The Zombies? Yep, zombies. That that movie is about the gospel. And it tells the story in a far more um, creative way than a heavy-handed, I'm going to smack you over the head with it.
0: What was the movie you guys mentioned, Me Before You? Yeah. So, this movie's a romantic movie. It's it's come out, and basically the the premise of it, from a worldview perspective, is here's a guy who has had an accident, who's now uh, paralyzed, and he doesn't want to live anymore. And the whole movie is about, it's a love story, but it's also this guy finally seeking and and achieving what he wants, which is assisted suicide, because... A life lived, not fully functioning is not a life worth living.
2: It's an argument for euthanasia. So here's my thing. Like Cider House Rules years ago, which yeah, is an argument abortion. for abortion. So like, I personally think that for, for Christians of a particular age to go and watch a film like that and then to walk out and to go to Starbucks or to Tim, I don't care, pick your favorite coffee spot. And to sit there and to talk about about the okay, first, what did the author, what did the director mean by what he did? Yeah. So let's be honest and 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 um mm-hmm. and uh, understanding and appreciative of what he's trying to say and be clear about what he's trying to say. Understand it, and then comparing that to what the biblical worldview says. This is perhaps one of the best activities that somebody who is a, is a faithful, thoughtful Christian can engage in in, in, yep. in our world today. Because what you're doing, it's the same thing if you go into an, an art exhibit and you, mm. and you see you know, a sculpture or whatever. In, the artist is inviting you to evaluate their work. That's right. They want to communicate to you a message through their work. You don't need to agree with the message any more than you need to agree with, like J.K. Rowling when she's writing about, you don't have to. She's got a viewpoint on the world that she's trying to present in the Harry Potter films or the Harry Potter books, you don't need to agree with it. But there are some good things in there, not just good things, things you would agree with, right? The triumph of good over evil, self-sacrifice, these sorts of things. So I'm not saying look for the Christ themes in every film. I'm saying sometimes there are some. Sometimes it's just in embracing the movie, I, which I freaked out
1: about a few years ago that I really loved, was King's Speech, because it's about friendship. And, sometimes though, and a what movie... a wonderful
2: film for Christians to go watch, a movie about friendship.
1: Hmm. And don't you agree, though, that sometimes a movie like Me Before You gives you insight into what your culture thinks, where they're at, and how you can actually engage with them? Right.
2: And not everybody is going to have the freedom to go to that film or to read a Harry Potter film or a book, sorry. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you have to do that. Like I said, it is a legitimate option to abstain at several points and we are all going to have a line where we're going to abstain. I just am saying that that line is one that I think that needs to be determined uh, in consultation with godly friends and also uh, with your own conscience.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Amen. By the way, there's a book that I'm recommending that I read this summer uh, that engages a little bit with what I said just a minute ago about how it how is it that we, uh, on the one hand, uh, enjoy our lives and yet also c- focus on what the world, uh, focus on what you know, uh, on the needs of the world and stuff. It's called, it's by Mike Whitmer or Michael Whitmer, uh, Becoming Worldly Saints. Can you serve Jesus and still enjoy your life? It's an excellent book. It's an, uh, really great. He does a wonderful job of um, canvassing the scriptures to try to answer that question. And the answer is yes, in the end. Yes, you can and still enjoy your life and serve Jesus. And I think his, the, the balance he strikes is wonderful. Mike Whitmer.
0: That's great. Andy, you wanted to say something before the end of the podcast.
1: Yeah, I just want to let you all know that that brand, that Canadian brand is Tega, and uh, there is no free book available now because I just told you what it is. There you go. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Look (laughs) at this. It's a great Canadian brand, though. Go buy some of their stuff. Tega. Really?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Did they pay you to say that? Uh, They may have got a jacket out of it. Wow.
0: Well, you should now. You should email them with a link with this. Be like, gear,
2: please yeah you could say if you give me more stuff I will mention you m- more often or I'll send my book to them or you'll write a new book for them what would product <laughs> placement look like on our podcast <laughs> like it just hold, on for a mi- hold on for a minute while I look at my Apple iPhone <laughs> it's the new version I can't tell you how much I appreciate <laughs> how it's helped me
0: it's made every part of your work life yeah, personal life
2: do you know... It's all better. Wendy's is a great place to eat. You think so? I do. The Baconator is an excellent...
0: You have an, an unhealthy thing. relationship with the Baconator. Do
2: you know, it's hard for me because, so, like I said before, very few hamburgers that you pay a lot of money for are better than the Baconator.
0: So if you have any questions you want to ask the Extra Podcast team, you can do so at extra at northview.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you at church on the weekend.